This podcast is being brought to you by Our 360 News. Check us out on the web at our360.news or find us on Facebook, Our 360 News. Like and share. My friend Kyle, tell me a joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this this is kind of a visual joke. I'm not sure how it's going to work on a, on a podcast, but it's a favorite of an old friend of mine. And it's I love how short and silly it is. <laughs> Did you hear the one about the one arm fisherman? No. He caught a fish this big. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Whitmire is the state political columnist for the Alabama Media Group, where his work appears in the Birmingham News, the Mobile Press Register, Huntsville Times, and AL.com. He has spent the last 20 years covering political culture in Alabama for various publications. After joining the Alabama Media Group in 2012, he first worked as a government and politics reporter, leading multiple investigations. He moved to his current position of columnist in 2014. His work has appeared in the New York Times, the Washington Post, and CNN.com. In 2020, he was the recipient of the Scripps Howard Foundation's Walker Stone Award for opinion writing, and in 2021, he received the Sigma Delta Chi Award for Best Opinion Writing from the Society of Professional Journalists and the Molly Ivins Prize for Political Commentary. He lives in Birmingham, Alabama with his wife Elizabeth, his son Ward, and daughter Margaret. My friend Kyle, tell me a joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this this is kind of a visual joke. I'm not sure how it's going to work on a, on a podcast, but it's a favorite of an old friend of mine. And it's I love how short and silly it is. <laughs> Did you hear the one about the one armed fisherman? No. He caught a fish this big. <laughs> <laughs> I Sorry, like that it. was that was one that was a favorite of of my late friend uh, Jimmy Watson. He used to own the Garage Cafe over in Southside, and he would he would tell that joke to just about anybody who walked into the bar. So I mean, it's, anytime someone asks me, "Do you know a joke?" I, I, that's, that's that's your one go I go, to. I go right back to. I love it. Well, I got one too. What's the difference between a G spot? Oh Lord, and a golf ball. <laughs> I'm going to let you answer that question. I've got an idea, but you tell me. A guy will actually search for a golf ball. Oh. <laughs> Woo. I know, right? Little racer, and that was. I, <laughs> you had to take a drink of water on that one. <sighs> Look, you put in here um, about your writing, mm-hmm. but. And we kind of were chatting. That's that's what I share with all the, like, any time I go speak to a group, the most interesting part is at the last part. And all that stuff sounds, like, stuffy and... 
No, it's not stuffy. Yeah. But where I was going was, I think one of your relevant contributions is War on Dumb (laughs) and your Twitter presence and your following there. And, you know, I'm, I I love how um, you and um, Beth and John Archibald and Carol sometimes share your uh, your writers' opinions and whatnot and your your feedback. But tell me about your relationship with your fans, if and I use that term loosely. Woo. Be it, you know, in the column. Now that, but I want you to go back to when the, mm-hmm. the craziness was in the comments and AL.com and all that kind of stuff. Sure. I mean, my first rule on Twitter is don't get in fights. Don't get drawn into fights with people. And, and that's the hardest thing to do. If, if you are a journalist or if you are any type of public personality, because there's always someone out there who is trying to sort of be a social media vampire and draw off of, of your audience. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, it's like lunchroom. Like it's like being back in middle school. There's always some guy who's going to come up and try to pick a fight with you in the middle in, in the lunchroom, mm-hmm. just to show everybody else how big they are. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you like, and this is this is advice I give to all my colleagues or anybody who'll listen who's who's trying to establish themselves in social media. And I know it's 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 a pretty canned answer of you know don't pay attention to the haters, but. If you get drawn into those kinds of fights, you're going to spend. That's where you're going to spend all your time. Mm-hmm. And you know, so the old saying about, you know, if you wrestle with a pig, you're just going to come up smelling like filth, and the pig loves it. Right. right. Um, the best thing to do is to go out into the world, uh, find stuff that you find interesting, that you think that other people need to know about, that you think is important. And get on there, uh, on there, and share that with as many people as you possibly can, wherever you can find them, and put all the yin yang back and forth aside. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I preach. It's not always what I practice. I, yeah. I, I sometimes I will, you know, I will spar with people as long as it is in good faith, and as long as people, you know, when people bring me questions in yeah. social spaces or back when we had the comments on al.com. Uh, yeah, as long as it's in good faith, I will I will meet meet folks there and answer it. Um, it's it's the trolls that uh, are are the hardest to deal with, and you know that's true of of any platform now in new media. I think it's it's going to be true. Of, I'm not sure this this deal to buy Twitter that Elon Musk is has is going to go through, but it's something that he's going to have to deal with. Anybody who puts a platform out there is going to have to deal with because. Unfortunately, what happens in these spaces is, you know, 5% of the users will show up and run the other 95% off because, mm-hmm. you know, people don't want to get drawn into those fights. Mm-hmm. So best advice I can give to anybody is is just try to um, put that, that 5% or whatever percentage it is. I'm sort of making that number up. Uh, out of your field of vision, ignore them, and focus on the people who most oftentimes are just, they're just there to listen. Mm-hmm. They're just there to read. They're mm-hmm. just there to watch. Um, I think that's significant coming from you because 
yours is a very left voice in a very right state. <laughs> is it left? <laughs> well, that you tell everybody, me. Everybody you tell wants. Me. I, I do. I, I I read a piece um, from the Atlantic last night on what is happening these days in San Francisco, and I realized, man, I am not that far left. No, you are not <laughs> San Francisco left at all. No. I, You're I, Alabama I think, left. I think it feels like it because we are in Alabama. and this Alabama is, this left is, is New York right, but go ahead. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if, if you argue in favor of something sensible, like maybe we shouldn't just, you know, allow people to carry guns into church or, you know— it, get a weapon without a license like you're a radical leftist in the state whereas anywhere else in the country you would be considered you know probably in the center or just <laughs> maybe even right of center right right um you know and i try not to go into things with uh an ideology i think ideology is a little um Oh bullshit! No, 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 no. What? No, no, no. Okay. No, 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 all right. No, no, no. All right. Well, you call bullshit on me. Tell me. <laughs> tell me. Tell me why. Well, you may not go into things with an ideology, meaning I'm going to stick to this, right? But you definitely have a lane. Yeah, I mean, uh, let me tell you what my targets are okay. uh, of my work. Number one is corruption. Number two is hypocrisy, and. Number three, and these aren't necessarily in order, sure. is cruelty. Okay. Like, if someone, if a public official is being a hypocrite, if they're stealing, or if they're being cruel to a group of people, um, they're going to catch like hell from I like that establishment. Yeah. That's it. And, that, and, you, and that, you that doesn't really that have a left-right yeah. uh, left right orientation. It just happens to be that Right now, I write about state politics, and you look at who are our state officials. Sure. And people ask me, well, why don't you write more about Democrats? I'm like, well, I'm a state reporter. Um, there's Terry Sewell. <laughs> right. Anybody else? <laughs> Randall. Like, That's about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and, and I don't even write so much about, about city or, or, or county politics anymore since I'm, I'm now state-focused. Right, right. It's right. like, okay, our governor's a Republican or a lieutenant governor, all of our constitutional offices, every member of the Supreme Court, every member of the Court of Criminal Appeals, every member of the Court of Civil <laughs> Appeals, um, Let's see, the supermajority in the House, the supermajority in the legislature. Supermajority. Supermajority, like yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, all but set, uh, all but one of our con- uh, Congress people and both of our U.S. senators are, are all Republicans. So, yes, I'm going to write about Republicans <laughs> more than I write about Democrats. Yeah. But I, I think getting pigeonholed into uh, – Conservative liberal columnist is 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 whichever way you want to go is it can be can be rat poison and uh, it's just dangerous to go to drink it. Now let me ask you this: um, How can people follow you on social media? I brought up war. I'm dumb. Is is that is that it? Um, I have a a Facebook. I have a private Facebook page, um, or I said not private, personal Facebook page, uh, which is just my name. You type okay. it in there, I'll pop up. I have um, a professional page where I put most of my stuff. It's The War on Dumb on Facebook, uh, where I put all my content, fewer pictures of my kids. Uh, I have uh, an Instagram account, at War on Dumb, and then I have my Twitter account, uh, at War on Dumb. And most people ask me, like, where did that name come from? I was right? dead. 
Thank you, because I was just about to ask. Long, long ago, um, when we were both young, uh, I wrote for Birmingham Weekly, and every column in Birmingham Weekly um, had to have a name. Okay. And my editor kept bugging me, like, what are we going to call this? What are we going to call this? And at first I said, I don't want to call it anything. It's like, well, I'm going to call it. He came up with Spin Cycle, which sounded like a bad, like, Fox News, (laughs) like, primetime TV show that I don't watch. And I actually used that for a while until I could come up with a better one. And I was sitting in traffic one day, and I was on Highland Avenue at this little, just past where Bottega is. And there's like a little, like every day, there's just a line of cars there. And I was stuck there trying to get someplace. And the car in front of me had this bumper sticker on it that said, let's fight the war on hunger. (laughs) And I thought, why do we, why does everything have to have this violent martial language, right? Like no one takes you seriously unless it sounds like you're threatening to kill somebody. Like what does a war on hunger look like? Are we going to bomb hunger's villages? (laughs) Are we going to like burn its cities to the ground? Or we could just feed people, right? But if you put feed people on a bumper sticker, no one's going to take you seriously because we have to have wars on everything. We have have wars on drugs. We have wars on terrorism. We have a war on poverty. Yeah, war on crime. <laughs> we should have a war on stupid shit. We should have a war on dumb. And uh, like, I'm, I'm having this rant like a crazy person, in, which is what I do when I'm in my car by myself. <laughs> and it's where a lot of my column ideas come from. I went, war on dumb. That, that, that's it. That, that's got a ring to it. And so I went back and renamed my column War on Dumb. And then later, when Twitter came along, I started using War on Dumb and... Now it's sort of my brand, and uh, it's, it's with me forever. At Alabama Power, there's nothing more important to us than our customers and the communities we serve. Alabama Power is more than your reliable source of electricity. We're committed to building the future of energy and providing innovative solutions to our customers. Alabama Power offers energy efficiency tips to help lower your bills, and the company supports agencies that offer bill assistance. Alabama Power initiates and supports efforts to grow the economy and elevate the state of Alabama. And yes, we are also your reliable source of electricity. Alabama Power is for a better Birmingham and a better Alabama. All right. First question. Okay. Tell me about Elizabeth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I want to know how you proposed. Oh boy, um, <laughs> we love a good love love story around here. It was it was it was a workplace romance. Okay, um, she was our our director of social media at the time, and we. As a lot of workplaces do, would you know, lots of folks would go out for drinks after after work, and you know, we would we would go to this bar or that bar, and there's always you know, ten or twenty of us that go out, and then we would always be the last two there. And you know, we <laughs> we were so, you know, we, we we I I sometimes joke about who asked the other one out first because uh-huh. 
I'm not sure either one of us knows the answer to that question <laughs> because we we're still kind of weirded out by like, are we going to get in trouble for this? You like, know, I was thinking that. Yeah, I was exactly. Like, yeah. is this if, if I if I ask you? And, and so it's like, so I, I hear you go to that bar, the garage, a lot. And I said, yeah, I, I do. It's a really great place. Have you ever been there? No, I've never been there. <laughs> well, you should go there sometime. Well, when would be a good time to go? Um, Friday evening? So Are you're you going to be there Friday you're evening? asking yeah, her maybe. out without asking her <laughs> yeah, out exactly. just in so case. We're, I mean, and, and we both knew what was going on, and we're both like creeping up to the line, and then, um, <laughs> then we kept it secret for about six months and didn't tell anybody. And then in like – and secrets are not an easy thing to keep at AL.com and <laughs> because we're all a bunch of, of nosy snoops. That's That's – by we nature, were, we were we were always the kids that were getting into other people's business, and so so. But we did keep it secret for for quite a long time from from all but two or three people, and then in the process of about a week, like that secret just fell apart. Beginning with us going <laughs> to a concert and standing in line at Will Call to get our tickets. And real go, going, oh my God, our boss is standing in front of us. <laughs> oh my, oh wow! But wow. yeah, so so it it um, yeah, it, that that's that's how we 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 came together. Yeah, uh, we have a lot of similar interests, and we both are sort of absorbed in our work. And I'm not sure that either one of us could have um, married someone who didn't understand our work environment and yeah. that's, that's and, and so we we were married to our work before and now we're married to each other i love it and ward and margaret how are they i saw them at with you at the zoo the other day they are they are handful they um they are the most special things in our lives uh, I sometimes call it the nicest of all hells, having a six-year-old and a three-year-old. Sounds about because right. Because there's nothing, there's there's no break. Yeah. There's no break. Yeah. Like, I woke up this morning to, like, the three-year-old climbing into bed. And, like, <laughs> anytime there was thunder last night, so I had to go sleep on the floor in her room next to her bed for the for an hour until oh. she went to sleep. And uh, But they're great. They, they, they do all these amazing things and... Ask you questions that you you don't anticipate, and suddenly you're you're having to have like these existential conversations <laughs> about well, you know, I, it, it's I, I've really enjoyed being a father, and fatherhood has probably you know I sometimes say it, it, it's it saved my life. Um, you know, I, I burned the candle on both from both ends for for a very long time, and um, now it's made me do things like think about retirement and college funds and things that I was just thinking, oh, when I die in a ditch, I'll be fine. No right. one will care but me. And now now I have to look out for someone other than myself. And um, I don't know. It's it's done me a lot of it, – It's I, I have to look out for someone other than myself, which has caused me to, for the first time, start looking out for myself. So it's been very healthy. I like the way you said that. Happy mm-hmm. – Early Father's Day. Thank you. My Thank you. I appreciate that. What's your favorite charity work these days? Um, the one is my, the work I, I admire most is is probably the Equal Justice Initiative. Oh yeah, um, Brian Stevenson. Yeah, I, I just I, I think that what they have uh, have done in Montgomery and Alabama and throughout the 
throughout the country, but especially here in the South, has has been fantastic. And, you know, sometimes, you know, they find things, uh, especially when it's like death row cases, um, Mm -hmm. that frankly catch me off guard and embarrass me. And I'll say, you know, we we should have found this first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But thank God Mm -hmm. they were there to find it instead. Right. Um, and really, ter- you know, you know, trying to, you know, recalibrate how we, especially in the South, uh, see our history and understand our history, yeah. and the work that's been done there. It's there's, I think, nothing like it, nothing else like it. In well, Alabama. if you if you pussy out on one of these questions, okay, you're gonna have to make a hundred dollar donation there, but they're all easy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's start off. With the top, okay, Alabama or Auburn? Uh, I was first asked that question when I was in preschool, and I didn't know the answer. And so I went home and asked my dad. I said, uh, who am I for? What do you mean, son? Am I for Alabama or am I for Auburn? And he just shook his head, and he looked at me and said, well, son, I'm sorry, but you're a Georgia Bulldog. <laughs> We're going to allow that answer. This time, Legion National Champs. <laughs> and now that you say that, I remember you trolling a little bit. But anyway, Legion or Stallions? Oh, Stallions. Okay. Barons or Squadron? Barons. Civil Rights Institute or Negro League Museum? Um, Civil Rights Institute. Alabama Theater or Lyric Theater? Ooh. This is a Ooh. this this is a hard one because one of my best friends, Glennie Brock, has been instrumental in preserving both of those places. Um The Lyric. Okay. I, I really like how intimate it feels. That's what everybody says. Yeah. yeah. I've never been in the lyric. Um Sloss Furnace or Vulcan Park? Sloss. Birmingham Zoo or McWayne Science Center? Oh, Birmingham Zoo, although my, my children prefer McWayne. <laughs> Every time I take them to, to McWayne, though, they come back with a cold. Oh, man. Because they have the little itty-bitty magic city yeah. they get in, and it's just like a germ swap. Exactly. So Crossplex or Legion Field? Crossplex. Protective Stadium or Legacy Arena? Uh, protective. Okay. Botanical Gardens or Railroad Park? Botanical Gardens. Regions Park or Rickwood Field? Rickwood Field. Biggie or Tupac? Tupac. Who's the greatest rapper of all time? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to a lot of like Jason Isbell Americana stuff. So yeah, um, so that's I'm, your guy. Well, it, it, it's my wife is uh, her family is from the the Shoals area. Or yeah, lives, lives in Florence. Okay, and so like when um, John Archibald, who officiated our wedding uh, the night before, is like, "Why do you love Elizabeth so much?" I'm like, "Well, she has better taste in music than me," and and <laughs> so I. I 
For those of you who don't know, I grew up in rural Alabama where we had um, a few easy listening stations on the radio and so a lot of country music. And I was just like, so I just grew up with no taste in music whatsoever. <laughs> gotcha. And like came came to, to, to music actually quite late in my life. So. Gotcha. Now, what you got coming up, man? Uh, so my project this year yeah. is, is it's called State of Denial. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to a point last year where I just realized I've been writing the same things over and over again for the last almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. Versions of the same thing. Right, right. And, you know, my job had sort of fallen into, I won't say a rut, but a routine mm-hmm. of, all right, let's go find which Alabama official said the dumbest thing yesterday and go out and crank 700 words out of that and put it in the newspaper. And mm-hmm. I decided, you know, we have big, deep problems right. here in Alabama. Sure. And what, what, is, what is the thing that connects them all? What is, what is the big idea? And sort of taking, you know, inspiration from Nicole Hannah-Jones and the 1619 Project, which she did extremely well in, in sort of tracing back, you know, what she calls America's origin story. It's like, what is the origin of, of Alabama's problems? And first I thought it was going to be the 1901 Constitution, right. which is, you know, trying to bring that alive and show people how that uh, is, is the source of our problems. But even going back beyond that, you know, our state after the Civil War had this radical reset button pushed on it with Reconstruction. And the moment Reconstruction ended, it reverted back as much as it possibly could to being exactly what it was before. Mm-hmm. And we have slowly been crawling out of that ditch. But, you know, we, we still have a long ways to go. And, you know, it affects, you know, it's in that period post-Reconstruction that Alabama government was formed through the 1901 Constitution, which I think is one of the greatest crimes, is the greatest crime since slavery in this state. Absolutely. And it affects possibly everything in this state from education funding to you know who gets memorialized in our museums, to why the city of Birmingham can't set a minimum wage, to I mean it's 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 ubiquitous, mm-hmm. and once you begin to see it through that lens, you can't see it through anything else. And it's been you know I, I say that you know the greatest crime was the 1901 Constitution. The cover-up has now lasted 121 years, mm-hmm. and, it, and it has persisted through uh, what has been taught in our history textbooks, uh, what monuments get put up in parks, uh, you know, what, is, what has been kept in our museums. Um, and also, but more importantly than just, because I don't want to make this about Confederate monuments, what things aren't there. Right. Uh, one piece I wrote in February... And this started off as a paragraph in another story, was a uh, you know a, a, a voting um, massacre that happened or a, a, a race massacre that happened in Eufaula, Alabama, where ten people were murdered and seventy other people were shot, all black, in 1874 because they tried to go downtown and vote. And tracing the but. 
you know, you go there today, and there's the Confederate monument in the middle of town. Mm-hmm. They've got, you know, monuments for every war that's happened. Uh, they have a monument to a damn fish. Mm. <laughs> Leroy what fish. Leroy Brown. It was this 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 massive bass taken out taken out of Lake Eufaula back in the seventies and kept in a bait shop in town. And they've got a little a little like waist high like tombstone looking thing to him in the middle of their downtown district. So a bass is more important than these but eighty there, people. But, but there's nothing there's nothing there to memorialize what and you trace from what happened there that day. You can trace that to the end of Reconstruction in Barber County, the end of Reconstruction in Alabama, which two years later throws off the vote count in the uh, Electoral College, which triggers a crisis which ended Reconstruction in the South. Like, wow. <laughs> like, the course of this country can be like traced back to this historical event. In Silicon. And the only thing that's there... And you follow. And you follow. You follow, I'm sorry. And the only thing that's there today is Charlie is a damn fire hydrant. And a and a and a fish. And a, and a monument to a fish. Wow. And there's and so I'm I'm trying to find things that have been left out of our history as well. Yeah. But also bring it through to the present and show how these things relate to um, you know, for instance, how here in Jefferson County, uh, our Jeff, our Jefferson, you know, Jefferson County is a majority Democratic county. Mm-hmm. Uh, our legislative delegation is majority Republican. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Well, you look at the map; they draw the 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 adjoining districts in the adjoining counties. They just draw a little circle in. Right. They get four or five houses. <laughs> right. And now that that lawmaker gets to serve on that local delegation, which decides what bills. Gerrymandering uh, Jeff- at its finest. Affect Jefferson County, get to go through. Right. Uh, so that 1901 Constitution is very much still alive with us. It's you know it, it allows this you know the the legislature to say things like no you can't move that monument and we are going to punish you if you try to, or you can't raise your taxes to fund your schools and we're going to you know we're going to stop you if you try. Uh, you can't raise minimum wage in your city. We'll stop you if you try. Uh, it's still here with us. It still affects us. Well, and so that's that's my big idea. Well, I'm gonna tell you like this, my friend. I um I only agree with you half the time. <laughs> that's okay. I'll take that half. But I appreciate you and everything you do, 100 percent of the time. Thank you, Ava. I appreciate that. I got to say this before I close. Um, I have wanted to get you on the podcast since the beginning. But I had this long list of journalists after journalists after journalists after journalists. But I also knew, I said, let me put John on first. Because <laughs> if I do, then war, uh, then Kyle will know it's safe space. so i want to thank you for coming my friend i appreciate it i want to thank everybody for listening and as always a huge shout out to creed 63 and urbanham.com god bless this podcast has been brought to you by jefferson county sheriff's office